one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Murder Mile, a true crime podcast and audio guided walk featuring many of London's untold, unsolved and long forgotten murders, all set within one square mile of the West End. Today's episode is about Marta Ligman, a caring daughter, loyal friend and devoted girlfriend, who dreamed of being a mother but died at the hands of her jealous, controlling and abusive boyfriend. Murder Mile contains descriptions of abuse, distress and death, which may offend, as well as realistic sounds, so that, no matter where you listen to this podcast, you'll feel like you're actually there. My name is Michael, I am your tour guide, and this is Murder Mile. Episode 22, Canal Killers Part 2, Marta Ligman. Today, I'm on my little boat, chugging along the final stretch of the Grand Union Canal, in an area known as Little Venice. With a cup of tea in one hand, a Belgian bun in the other, and the ship's tiller being steered by my big round butt cheeks. Ah, little Venice, I hear you sigh. It sounds so romantic. And it is. Sort of. But unlike the real Venice, with its myriad of art galleries, theatres, museums, cafes, restaurants and architectural marvels, all spread across a labyrinthian canal system of interconnecting waterways. Little Venice only has one canal, one ornate bridge, one towpath, two good pubs, one fine restaurant, one okayish cafe, and no gondoliers at all. In fact, here, you can't even buy a cornetto. Little Venice is so short that when tourists arrive, after just a two-minute walk, having mistakenly headed towards the horror of Westbourne Park, instinctively tuck their purses into their pockets, cash in their socks and credit cards wherever they have a slot, as the locals wave them off shouting, Go back! Go back! The muggers are awake! They can smell your money! 
the tourists stop and say, Oh, is that it? Little Venice is a mishmash of millionaire shag pads and council flats, dumped at the arse end of the choking fumes of Paddington Station. With the skies full of cranes, the grass verges strewn with dog shit, and the towpaths splashed with piddle and plop, as a slew of boaters decant stinking cassettes of faecal matter from their boat's loose into a vast fetid pit of willy waste, vaggy splash, and steamy bum lumps. Oh yes, this is exactly like Venice. Then again, romance is vital to sustain any relationship. It's the fuel that keeps the spark alive, along with large doses of love, honesty, compassion, and above all, trust. But on the afternoon of Sunday the 10th of May, 2015, in the very heart of Little Venice, life stood still and the romance died. As floating in the water, something heavy thunked against the steel hull of a canal boat. Marking a violent end to a deadly relationship and the death of Marta Ligman. In 1993, just three years after the fall of communism in the former Soviet blocs of Eastern Europe, Martusia Ligman, also known as Marta, was born in the small village of Czetsiewicz in north-central Poland. Raised by her beloved mother, Eva, doting father and beloved brother, Lukas, in a modern seven-bedroomed house, Marta had a joyous upbringing which was full of good health, humour, happiness and best of all, a loving family. Being a small village of just 520 people, surrounded by thousands of acres of farmland, fields and forest, whose most notable feature was a 320 metre tall Soviet-era radio mast which dominated the flat skyline, Although Czetsiewicz was a nice place to raise a traditional Polish family, to a modern Polish girl like Marta, who shunned communism and embraced capitalism, being more than 200 miles from the capital city of Warsaw, her hometown felt like a vast empty wasteland. On the 1st of May 2004, Along with Cyprus, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Malta, Slovakia and Slovenia, and later Bulgaria and Romania, Poland, having become one of the wealthiest and most progressive countries in Eastern Europe, joined the European Union, which allowed the free and unrestricted movement of all the European citizens to and from all countries, including the United Kingdom. Described by those who knew her as the most beautiful girl, so popular, so kind, always laughing and joking, as well as petite, calm and always polite, Marta dreamed of moving to London, having a good job, a nice home and starting a family with a loving husband. 
In 2008, aged just 16 years old, Marta met a handsome man in an internet chat room. And although he was 11 years her senior, he had a steady job, a beaming smile, and romanced her with sweet talk, heart-shaped emojis, and tales of his new life living in London. In 2012, having packed a large black suitcase, Marta excitedly hopped on a two-hour flight to Heathrow to join her beloved boyfriend. Her dreams were coming true. But three years later, she would be dead. Marta started her new life in Harleston, northwest London, a lower working class enclave which, although fiscally poor, is a culturally rich former village, complete with a diverse mix of Somali butchers, Eritrean cafes, Russian bakers, and Irish pubs, as well as the Delicia Polish Delicatessen on the High Street, where she worked as a cashier six days a week. With bright red hair, a warm smile, and a cheeky face, Marta was not only popular, but she was also a little ray of light who was easy to spot. But sometimes, her smile would slip. Her playful laugh was muffled, and her beautiful face would be marked with cuts scrapes and swelling, as her bright blue eyes were hidden by dark black bruises. Her dream had turned into a living nightmare, and his name was Tomasz Kochik. Being tall, handsome and toned, with bright blue eyes, funky spiked hair and a smooth yet rugged look, Marta was instantly smitten with Tomas Kochik. And as their love blossomed, their finances grew, and he held down a steady job as a forklift truck driver for a construction company. Marta and Kochik moved into the ground floor flat of number 5 Buckingham Road, just off Harleston High Street. With a talk of wedding bells and babies. But after three years of living together, the relationship had soured. Not just because of Tomasi's addiction to amphetamines, the addiction of which includes sleeplessness, anxiety, paranoia, hostility and aggression. Not just because of Tomasi's ever-increasing sexual appetite, which had gone from pornography, bondage and sex games, to try and coerce his unwilling girlfriend into group sex. But because, by spying on her, stalking her, searching her social media for evidence of infidelity, and demanding to see the Delhi CCTV to prove that she had been there at work all day, as Thomas had become more possessive, controlling and jealous, his violence towards Marta increased. 
Shortly before her death, Marta had changed her status on Facebook from in a relationship to it's complicated. On Monday the 27th of April 2015, her boss received a text which read, I'm so sorry, I have to go to Poland, my mum is sick. Which was uncharacteristic of Marta, as being so polite, honest and living just a few houses away, she would either call up or pop in to see her boss face to face. On the evening of Tuesday the 28th of April 2015, Marta called her mother, Ava, in Poland, which she would do every day without fail. But as her bruises got blacker, her face grew more swollen, and her fresh cuts struggled to heal. So Marta put on an ever-increasingly braver face to protect those she loved from the truth. That was the last time that Marta Ligman was heard from or ever seen alive. At 2.30pm on Sunday the 10th of May 2015, almost two weeks after Marta's disappearance, just a few yards shy of the Lord Hill footbridge in Little Venice, something heavy thunked against the hull of a moored-up canal boat. Expecting either litter, a log or a canoe, the startled owners peeped over the bow of their boat to spot a large black suitcase, totally submerged and floating in the water, a sight which is not unusual to see. Except, spouting out of the zip, was a shock of bright red hair. With no purse, no ID, and no obvious birthmarks, the police were puzzled as to who this woman was. All they knew was that she was a white European woman in her early 20s, 5 foot 2 inches tall, roughly 8 stone in weight, with bright red dyed hair. But there was no missing persons report which matched that description. And with her petite frame being in a severe state of decomposition, whoever had tucked her tiny corpse into the fetal position, wrapped her in a white curtain, a set of black bin bags, and had dumped her body in the Grand Union Canal, had done so seven to ten days earlier. On Monday the 11th of May 2015, 24 hours after the young woman's body had been discovered, and with her death splashed all over the news, Tomasz Kocik reported to the police that his girlfriend, Marta Ligman, was missing. A positive ID was made, and Tomasz confessed to unlawfully dumping her body in the canal. In the subsequent inquiry, in his defence, Thomas would later state that on the evening of Wednesday the 29th of April 2015, having finished his shift as a forklift truck driver, 
Thomas had returned to their ground floor flat at number 5 Buckingham Road in Harlesden to find Marta lying on the sofa, pale and unresponsive. Fearing the worst, Thomas laid her limp body on the floor and fought to resuscitate her, pumping her heart with his hands and fighting to breathe the life back into the lifeless lungs of his beloved girlfriend. But by then, she was already dead. Owing to shock and panic, Thomas didn't call the police. He couldn't. Her death was partially his fault. As with both Marta and Thomas leading a very active and varied sex life, which included role-play, bondage and sadomasochism, as well as spankings, beatings and mild torture, all of which was mutually agreed physical violence between two consenting adults, as well as the recreational use of stimulants to increase their stamina and sexual libido. After a four-day sex session between the 4th and the 28th of April, having taken large quantities of amphetamines, Marta Ligman, who was just 5 foot 2 inches tall, 8 stone in weight, and had various health problems, had suffered a sudden heart attack and died. That night, being racked with guilt at not having stopped her, terrified that he would get the blame for her accidental death, and that, having purchased the amphetamines, that he would be charged with her manslaughter, Thomas pulled from the loft a large black suitcase, unfurled a white curtain, a reel of black bin bags, and set about disposing of his beloved girlfriend's body. Of course, that was his version of the story. But the evidence, the autopsy, the CCTV footage and the wealth of witness statements would tell an entirely different story. This is what happened to Marta Ligman. And I warn you now, it is not easy to listen to. Sometime between the evening of Wednesday the 29th of April and the morning of Friday the 1st of May 2015. 23-year-old Marta Ligman, a petite woman with a sweet smile and a kind heart, was beaten unconscious by the man who supposedly loved her, Thomas. In a sustained assault lasting anywhere between a few minutes a few hours, or even a few days. In a rage fueled by a lethal mix of amphetamines and jealousy, he repeatedly pounded his cowardly fists into the bruised, terrified and swollen face of a woman almost a foot shorter than him and half his weight, until she was unrecognisable, having inflicted multiple fractures to her face, hands and ribs. It was a brutal attack which should have killed her, but didn't. 
believing she was dead. Thomas pulled from the loft her large black suitcase, wrapped her body in curtains and bin bags, folded her limbs and torso into the fetal position, her legs pressed tight to her chest, her head tucked into her knees and her arms pushed down to her feet, and stuffed her into the canvas suitcase, zipping it shut, a sprig of her bright red hair peeping out of the top. How long she remained inside that suitcase, nobody knows. But after the brutality of the initial assault, being confined in such a restricted space may have proved fatal. But what her autopsy couldn't confirm was, whilst inside the case, whether Marta was dead, dying, or unconscious. In the early hours of Friday the 1st of May 2015, at 6.30am, Thomas wheeled the three-foot-high and two-foot-wide black canvas suitcase out of his front door at number 5 Buckingham Road, along the residential street, which was full of families, postmen and eager commuters, barely an hour after sunrise, and dragged it left towards Nightingale Road and right onto Scrubs Lane, its plastic wheels buckling under the weight. Amazingly, he wasn't stopped, spotted, or even arrested. But then again, what's so unusual about a man frantically dragging a weighty suitcase towards Wilston Tube Station? Nothing. Nothing at all. And so as he lugged the overloaded suitcase more than half a mile down Scrubs Lane, passing motorists and CCTV cameras, as he reached the top of Old Oak Bridge, he hauled the heavy bag down onto the towpath, out of view, and into the quiet and seclusion of the Grand Union Canal. Unlike Little Venice, this stretch of the canal doesn't attract tourists, boats, or even people. It's an ugly eyesore in an industrial part of the town, and with his evil actions disguised by the dark shadows of the Old Oak Bridge, as well as the buzz of traffic, the rumble of trains, and the drone of a nearby waste recycling facility, Thomas was unseen and undisturbed as he sunk the suitcase into the canal. As before, having been beaten, trapped and dragged over half a mile in an almost airless suitcase, once again the autopsy couldn't confirm whether, as the suitcase was submerged into the water, whether Marta was dead, dying or unconscious. But having brought along a long stick, just in case, Thomas proceeded to prod the large dark suitcase, causing air bubbles to rise to the surface, as the body of his girlfriend sunk further under the water. Having destroyed her bank cards and Polish ID, 
by cutting them up and burning the tatty fragments on the towpath. With his trousers being soaking wet, Thomas returned home to number 5 Buckingham Road, got changed into a clean set of clothes, and then headed off to work as if nothing had happened. People disappear all the time. So I guess he thought that no one would notice. I guess he thought that he had covered his tracks. And I guess he was arrogant enough to think that he could bluff his way out. But what he didn't count on was with Marta being so friendly, popular and easily recognisable that the moment she wasn't there people noticed. Using her mobile, Thomas updated her Facebook profile, concocted a story for her friends and family that Marta had left him, packed up and returned to Poland. Having added the unlikely coda that he wasn't going to follow her and that he wanted to give her some space. Even going so far as to text Marta's boss at the Polish deli, using Marta's phone and identity to say, I'm sorry, I have to go back to Poland. My mum is sick. Which he had done before she was even dead. But Marta's mother, Ava, wasn't sick. On Thursday the 30th of April 2015, Having not received her daily phone call from her daughter for two days, Ava was worried. And getting no reply from either of Marta's phones, she called Thomas. Blatantly lying to her distraught and desperate mother, Thomas, playing the part of the lovesick boyfriend, told her that he had kissed Marta goodbye, she went to work, and when he returned home, she had gone. He didn't know why. He texted her, but he got no reply. All of which he said to Ava, as lying next to him was her dead, dying or unconscious daughter, folded up in a large black suitcase. With Thomas being unwilling to look for Marta, having claimed that she needed space, time to think, and that she would come back when she was ready, Ava contacted Magda and Andrea Ligman, her cousins who lived in the United Kingdom, who fruitlessly searched everywhere they thought Marta could be. And as Magda and Andrea desperately combed the city streets, eager to find missing Marta, Thomas couldn't help but be the cold, callous and self-absorbed bastard that he always was as using his dead girlfriend's phone and identity, he pestered Anna Modrejewska, who was Marta's closest friend, with an uncharacteristic volley of texts, which not only suggested that Marta was still alive, but that the 22-year-old attractive brunette should join them for some hot fun in a three-way sex session. Being creeped out and uncomfortable, Anna ignored the messages, but the texts kept on coming. 
on Monday the 11th of May 2015. A full day after the discovery of Marta's unidentified body in the Grand Union Canal in Little Venice. Following pressure from her distraught family, Thomas Kochik finally reported his girlfriend missing, almost two weeks after she was last seen alive. And naturally, Thomas was the police's prime suspect. That same day, 34-year-old Thomas Kochik of Number 5 Buckingham Road in Harlesden was arrested and charged with the murder of 23-year-old Marta Ligman. With all of the evidence pointing to him being a man who was jealous, controlling and abusive. And yet, throughout these years of systematic emotional, mental, sexual and physical abuse, at the hands of an unloving, uncaring and drug-fueled sadist, Marta never spoke up, she never sought help, she never told her family and she never got out. Marta had a dream. It began three years earlier, back in the small village of Chetsievets, as she packed her worldly possessions into a large black suitcase. At the inquest held at the Old Bailey, pathologist Dr Nathaniel Carey concluded that because bruising can only occur when a person's heart is beating and their blood is circulating. As Marta's body showed signs of hypothermia, having been subjected to the cold for an extended period of time, and as her death was listed as being caused by a blunt trauma to her torso and limbs, that this injury may have been sustained in either the initial frenzied attack by Thomas being beaten whilst in the suitcase, being dropped as the case was dragged half a mile, or having been submerged, that her body was hit and run over by a canal boat. Suggesting that throughout the entire ordeal, that she may have been alive. Having given his testimony, that Marta had died of an accidental overdose after a four-day drug-fueled bondage sex session. An event which may have led to Marta's death being recorded as death by misadventure, and Thomas being sentenced to the lesser charge of the unlawful disposal of a body. The jury didn't believe his lies, and having deliberated for less than a day, Thomas Kochik an obsessively jealous and controlling boyfriend with a long history of violence, was found guilty of murder on the 27th of November 2015. He was sentenced to serve a minimum of 18 and a half years. On Tuesday the 8th of March 2016, to mark International Women's Day, Labour MP Jess Phillips paid tribute in Parliament to the Counting Dead Women Project, an organisation set up to share the harrowing stories of murdered women. She stated, In 2015, a woman was murdered in the United Kingdom every three days. 
women murdered by men that they should have been able to trust. Commonly women are murdered by their partners, husbands and boyfriends, but also in some cases by their fathers, their sons and their brothers. We wish to give a voice to honour the women who died. One of the 120 women she named was Marta Ligman. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Murder Mile. If you are the victim of domestic abuse, whether a man, a woman or a child, if you know someone who is in an abusive relationship or you have inflicted violence against a loved one, never be afraid to speak out, as professional help is only a phone call away. Murder Mile was researched, written and performed by myself, with the main musical themes written and performed by Eric Stein and John Books of Cult with No Name. Next week's episode is part three of our Canal Killing series, this time featuring the mysterious death, disappearance and disposal of Paula Fields. Thank you for listening and sleep well. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello? Hello? Oh, hello! Hello, friends. Welcome to Extra Mile. For those of you who heard this last week, this is the special secret piece of Murder Mile that I leave at the end of each show. Um, I'm not going to shout about it. I'm not going to tell people about it. This is really just something for you lovely people who are kind of thinking, oh, why is there a bit extra at the end? And you want to know more. So what I'll do each week, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about the case, some of the interesting things that have happened. Uh, and this is just for you guys. It, it won't appear anywhere on social media. This is just a special thing for you. So this case, the Marta Ligman case, um, I first became aware of this. Uh, I didn't drive over the body, if that's what you're wondering about. Um, but I was actually cycling, cycling along the canal where I live and I saw the police had roped off the area in Little Venice. I thought it was probably just a stabbing. You tend to get a lot of stabbings in London at the moment because there's a lot of numpties out there who seem to think that carrying a knife is a clever idea. Absolute dickheads. Anyway, it wasn't. Uh, it was they discovered the suitcase which contained the body of Marta Ligman. Um, fascinating case. Uh, definitely something that I wanted to include in Murder Mile. Unfortunately, it was outside the remit because it was originally Soho. But because we've got the Blackout Ripper coming up soon, and as you'll see, he moves across London quite a lot, I felt it was time to start opening up Murder Mile and creating some new Murder Mile areas. So once in a while, we'll start jumping around just so you don't get bored of hearing about Soho. Um so the Marta Ligman case, fascinating. Um, obviously, there's no uh, National Archives file for this because it was only 2015, which means we won't get access to any good information for at least another 50 to 70 years. Uh, so I had to use a lot of press reports, but also first-hand information. Um, Halston is a place I used to live in Halston. Um, before I moved onto a boat, I was actually living in... Uh, an ex-old people's home. I know, it was a really weird place. I was living in the administration office of an old people's home. Um, and it freaked me out a bit because you obviously know that a lot of people have died there. A lot of old people have died. And I'm a bit, you know what? I'm a bit freaked out by things like that. I don't believe in ghosts, but I get easily freaked out. So I know Halston really well. Uh, I know Buckingham Road really well. Uh, and I know the Polish deli as well because I used to go there a lot. Um, and... I don't remember seeing Marta, but do you know what? I probably did. I probably did see her. Um, so the press never mentioned what house number they lived at at Buckingham Road. Um, that was simple for me to solve. Uh, I went to Buckingham Road. Um, I started walking around. and I, An old lady came up to me and asked if I was lost. I told her I was looking for the house that Marta Ligman used to live at. And she pointed to it. She went, it's number five. Job done. That's <laughs> simple detective work ask a person it, sometimes it really is that simple um with this case as well uh obviously i did a bit of uh physical research as well 
uh, with the Sebastian. I've forgotten how to say his name after a week. Sebastiano Magnanini, after the case from last week, you remember that uh, because he was about 15 stone in weight and they pushed him to the canal in a trolley, that I put 31 bricks in the trolley to replicate the 15 stone that he weighed. Um, I wanted to try and replicate that experiment again this time with trying to work out uh, how Thomas got Marta from the house to the canal in a suitcase. And I actually thought to myself, well, this is going to be easier because Sebastiano is 15 stone. Marta is, uh, they said between seven to eight stone. So I put eight as my kind of, I, I did it at the top end just to make sure. I thought this is going to be easy because it's the same distance, but it's half the weight. Um, big mistake. Firstly, uh, Sebastiano Magnanini was pushed. See, I got I'm back used to saying his name again. Sebastiano Magnanini was pushed to the canal half a mile in a trolley, which has wheels, which means it's a lot easier. Marta Ligman was dragged in a suitcase to the canal. Um, and the problem is uh, most suitcase wheels are only plastic. They're only used to carrying about 20 kilos, maximum that. So already they, they'd started to buckle as I was using them. So what I did was to replicate Marta's weight because I hadn't got any bricks. There was none available. I needed to do shopping anyway. Uh, I went to the uh, pound shop. Uh, they had loads of really, really cheap cans. Each tin can of like things like soup and beans and things like that normally weigh about 400 kilos. Sorry, 400 grams. I apologize. Uh, so to work out how many tins that would be uh, to put into the suitcase to replicate Marta's body which is eight stone, that was 125 tins. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of tins. In fact, uh, because I've worked out now, because a human body is more dense than a tin of, uh, like a tin of beans, I couldn't get all the tins into the suitcase. So I had to put some into the backpack I was holding. So I did that. I put all the tins in there, 125 tins. I dragged the suitcase from number five Buckingham Road uh, down to the canal past the bus station as Thomas, the same route that Thomas would have taken. It's a journey that should take about 10 minutes if you're walking it, but weighed down so much it took almost 30 minutes. And and I stopped a lot. It was hurting. My hands were hurting. My arms were hurting. I had to keep swapping hands. I, sometimes I had to start I tried pushing it and you can't push anything that heavy. The wheels had started to buckle. So the base of the suitcase had actually started to scrape along the pavement. It was difficult. It was incredibly painful. And uh, my back, which is not always in good condition, my back was absolutely screwed for the next couple of days. Um, so, yeah, it was difficult. Interesting experiment, but very difficult. Um but that's the things I do to, <laughs> to make murder mile as realistic as possible. I think that's the best way to do it. If you can walk the murderer's route, if you can try and within legal ramifications, try and do what they did, it kind of makes it more real. It makes it more visceral. It makes it easier for me to write. Um, so that was the Marta Ligman story. Quite a depressing one this week. Um, uh, I think there was no other way to tell it that it was a it was a very sad story about uh, a very lovely lady uh, with hopes and dreams who was badly abused by a, a brutal boyfriend and if only she could have got out if only she would have talked to someone but she didn't uh, 
and unfortunately she died so um we'll be back next week doing um another um canal based murder uh this one's another difficult interesting one uh, i think this was going to be a four-parter of canal murders the fourth one is a little bit too far out of our um square mile uh so i probably won't do episode four which means we will get to the blackout ripper even quicker than expected so after you listen to this one we'll do one more uh canal one then we'll dive straight into the blackout ripper which is a fantastic story that was the extra mile hope you enjoyed that uh have yourself a good day or good evening or whatever you're doing today and i'll catch you soon have a good day bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.